Guitarist Ben Pritchard said in a 2004 documentary, The experience of being in the fall will give you the most fantastic time of your life that you will never have had in any other band. But at the same time, you get some of the most frightening experiences. He later said, Creatively, it's the best band to be in. Little did he know that within two years, he'd be labeled a treacherous lying cunt and would never talk to Marky e. Smith again. In 2006, The Fall's lineup had been relatively stable, at least in regards to the core sound driven by Ben's guitar and Elena's keys. Now, Mark was erratic. He's always erratic. But fans and critics both agreed that The Fall was back and better than ever. But the cracks were starting to show. Mark had walked out on a few gigs and managed to piss off bassist Steve Trafford by stealing his suitcase and pouring water all over it. The band went into the studio in early 2006 and recorded a whole album's worth of material, but Mark told them it was all unusable and it had to be re-recorded, which Ben claims is just something Mark does when he doesn't have any lyrics. Mark has called this Lost Fall album both some Eric Clapton shit and some Sunday Before Work been drinking all weekend karaoke take on Ed's role. It's hard to know what to believe, as neither seems to describe the same thing. Now Mark had booked some more studio time for the middle of their American tour to try to finish the album. The band wouldn't survive long enough to get there. The tour started poorly, when the airline lost the band's backdrops. Mark's foul drunken mood culminated with him attacking Spencer with a corkscrew. By the fourth show, the tour manager slash driver was done with Mark and was taking the tour van with him. Apparently, he didn't like it when Mark poured beer on him while he was driving and tried to light him on fire. What can I say? Americans are weak. Naturally, nobody wanted to tell Mark. Faced with the prospect of being stranded in Phoenix with their unhinged boss, Ben, Spencer, and Steve decided to quit after that night's show. And what a show it was. A few bars into the second song, a member of the opening act threw a banana at Mark and ran off. Mark calmly removed his jacket, picked up the banana, and chased him down for the duration of the next couple songs. He eventually came back, but stopped the show only a few minutes later. And thus the fall was reduced to just Mark and Elaney, and they still had 13 more shows left on the tour. Their label, Shaddox, trying to salvage the situation, put together a new band in record time. They enlisted guitarist Tim Presley and bassist Rob Barbato from the band Darker My Love and a drummer with probably the coolest name ever, Orpheo McCord. The new band, labeled by Mark as The Dudes, arrived in San Diego and were given a quick rundown of the songs in a three-hour rehearsal, then tossed on stage. The show was a disaster, but they didn't quit. In fact, the band quickly hit their stride, and the fall garnered excellent reviews for the whole tour. In the end, not a single show was cancelled. Still, the future of this band was up in the air. Two of the members had other band commitments, and sticking with the fall would involve a massive relocation. Still, every indication was that Mark intended to keep the dudes together, and when they'd finished their obligations in the States, they came to England and recorded what would become their 2007 album, Reformation, post-TLC. The name refers to the band's reforming after the breakup. Now anyone familiar with Mark E. Smith would know that TLC does not stand for Tender Loving Care. The dudes show a lot of promise on this album, delivering some really great grooves. But it does get a bit samey, 
with a lot of the tracks having similar riffs and tempos. Some exceptions include this album's cover, Merle Haggard's White Line Fever, and had been in their live set even with the previous lineup. As far as covers go, this is one of their better ones. They show their funky side on Insult Song, which was recorded live in one take, with the band jamming and Mark just rambling on top of it for a whole seven minutes. Mark and company explore the other side of Trout Rock in the semi-ambient weirdness of Doss Boat. It's nice to see them try other things, but I doubt many would say the experimentation worked, especially when stretched out for over 10 minutes. Reformation post-TLC is often seen as a lesser fall album, but given that it was recorded by a replacement band, it could have been much worse. This new band tries some novel sounds and shows a lot of promise for the future. That is, if they had one. In a quote that has become obligatory with any mention of the fall, Mark Smith has said, if it's me and your granny on bongos, it's the fall. So it's a little bit surprising that his collaboration with Mouse on Mars from 2007 was not considered the newest version of the fall. I mean, 2007 would still see a new version of the fall, but this particular project was called Von Sudenfed. The reason I mention it is its recording placed Mark in Dusseldorf so he used the opportunity to record the next proper album with Mouse on Mars's Andy Toma and his usual collaborator, Grant Showbiz. To help out, Mark called in bassist Dave Spur, who graduated from understudy to permanent member of the now two-bass lineup. Dave was to add overdubs to a batch of songs that Mark had written with the dudes. He fully expected that when he arrived in Dusseldorf, there'd be an album waiting for him. Rookie fall mistake. There were no songs recorded. There wasn't even a band. The dudes were unable to make the trip. Mark had just neglected the talent. So Dave started furiously recording random bass lines, and in desperation called in Pete Greenway and Kieran Melling, who'd also played some live shows when the dudes had other obligations. The makeshift band lived in the studio. The individual musicians just recorded song fragments on their own time. And Mark would come in, listen to what they'd done, neither give them a thumbs up or down, and direct them where to go from there. Nobody seemed to understand that Pete could only be there for six days, so the majority of his guitar tracks were hurriedly recorded on his last day there. For how chaotic the recording of Imperial Wax Sullivan was, it holds together very well, managing to sound cohesive, hardly the work of yet another replacement band throwing together 45 minutes of new material over a couple weeks. Imperial Wax Sullivan contained some new sounds for the fall. For example, opener Alton Towers, an unexpected bit of jazzy weirdness. The unique sound of the guitar was captured by recording Pete Greenway's guitar parts from a fire escape outside the studio. The main riff is based upon a theme of Edvard Grieg's Hall of the Mountain King, which was the theme song for Alton Towers Resort Park in England, hence the name, maybe. The album's highlight is the epic 50-year-old man, comprising multiple sections, weird twists and turns, and even a banjo interlude. There was even more than what ended up on the album, but it still runs 11 minutes, making it one of the longest songs the band would ever record, and a clear standout of their late era. It leads directly into the punky I've Been Duped, which features what I think are Eleni's best lead vocals. 
Another favorite is Can Can Summer, featuring some can-like grooves very reminiscent of Moonshake and obvious cut-and-paste origins. The title fits. This album also includes the weird electronic Taurig, which is anagram for guitar. A joke because it's the only track that doesn't have any. Imperial Wax Solvent sold well, and even charted in the UK. It saw a second resurgence a year after its 2008 release, when hundreds of people, when putting on their brand new copy of Britain's Got Talent finalist Farrell Smith's debut album, were greeted by Mark's curmudgeonly ranting. Universal had pressed Imperial Wax Solvent onto the first few hundred copies of the album. There are no reports, however, on whether Mark and the gang gained any new fans from this mistake. So, once again, Mark and Elaney found themselves with their third band and three albums, but the fall were more successful than ever. The question in everybody's mind was, how long would this new group last? 